Welcome to Bread and Butter. We're serving up the basics to average Hearthstone player needs for improvement. Um, Tito, how have you been? I am fantastic, but I don't know why you're talking to me. I think we should um, talk to our very special guest here today. Anyways, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Oh, we appreciate it. Um, it's it's. Um, I think we're starting to feel like this might be more of a, a interview show where we bring on... Um, guests that know things more than us because because that's our thing is we're, we're trying to learn we're amateurs but we're you know we're, we're getting better and, and we're improving our own game but who better to um help us than the people that know more than we do um doc how are you uh i'm doing good um just been playing battlegrounds i actually hit uh 5k last night which is nice because usually it takes me significantly longer into like the mmr reset to hit 5k because uh, I don't get a lot of playing time. And then in my like personal life, I found out that my brother is going to be shooting a documentary in South Korea uh, in a couple months about the dog meat markets. Um, so it's kind of sad, but it's because one of his classmates adopted slash saved a dog from a South Korea, mar uh, South Korea meat market. And uh, they just started getting that ball rolling. And so that's probably going to happen here in a couple months. Um, but uh, Edelweiss, uh, what have you been doing Hearthstone-wise uh, recently? So I've mostly been playing Control Shaman and some various kinds of Paladins. I I feel like I, I go through waves of how good Paladin feels or not. A bit matchup dependent. It's it's pretty solid into the priests that I've been seeing. Not the thief ones, but any of like the Naga or blessed priests. Uh, just having access to equality city tax is really good there and righteous defense as well. And uh, it's, it's just a lot of fun ending games with the Countess. I've, I've seen quite a bit of uh, quite a bit more of Paladin lately. Unfortunately, most of the time it's really <laughs> And I, I've been um, mostly streaming when I'm, I'm playing the ladder. Um, had good nights and bad nights. I've um, climbed with uh, Relic Demon Hunter. I've lost with Relic Demon Hunter. Um, I, I like I mentioned um, in our pre-show. I had one game of Thief Priest that I played that I um, I harvested the harvester and their Kazakasan on the same turn, and and that still didn't complete the game. So that's kind of how nutty uh, Thief Priest is. And if you're planning on playing it, make sure you're not doing it with the expectation of getting a quick game in mind because those things do not exist with that. Um, all right, um, Doc, I, I know we kind of skipped over setting the table, but um, how about we get into some appetizers? No, Homer, don't fill up on bread! Yeah, so uh, the mini set is announced and is coming out in just a couple days. Um, and it's... The flavor is really nice. Uh, Maw and Disorder. Um, and I think one of the cards I'm most excited about, not not specifically because I think the card is going to be really, really good, um, but because I wanted the old version of this card to be back is Sylvanas. Uh, I've just she's an iconic Hearthstone card to me. Um, I just felt like she should have been in like the in like the base set just as a card that like you could throw in as a tech card like OG Sylvanas days are definitely gone in standard because that effect's not like super great anymore. But the 
just the fact that she's back and just has me excited about her. What about uh, you, Edelweiss? Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see the return of, of our queen, Sylvanas. Uh, all the best hunter skins are Sylvanas, and uh, it slots very nicely into the shaman that I'm already playing. So uh, pretty pretty excited to have access to, uh, to Sylvanas. How about you? Any um, any other cards you're very excited about? Um, we're, so um, we this episode will probably be out after the mini set comes out. So we don't know all the cards yet. So things might change. But um, as of the cards we've seen so far, which one has you most excited? Just I in think general? Order in the Court is the one that I'm most excited about so far. So Paladin card, two mana. Uh, basically the pull Celt effect, order your deck from highest to lowest, and then draw a card. It's a bit better than uh, Polkelt, In actually. some respects, yeah. Oh. It's it's easier to to just like fit in on a given turn. It replaces itself. Um, so like you know you're going to get your most expensive card, whatever it is, as opposed to pull Celt, if they were able to shuffle your deck right away, then you couldn't get that thing. Um I'm looking at a few ways of using that. Now, since it is Paladin exclusive, right, it's, it's it's only so much you can do. But I was thinking about, like, you just put the Jailer as a 10-drop. Like, like the, the clear things, since in Paladin right now, you really want to run uh, the 9-drop elemental that gets discounted and, and has taunt. So if you want to make sure you draw a, a given thing that's at the top of your curve, you want it to be 10 mana. So with order in the court, I can much more closely look at stuff like a Denathrius deck where you can, you know, get him early and start infusing, um, or maybe not that early, but sort of guarantee that you hit it at least in the mid game, uh, or the jailer, which is, uh, you know, another card from the mini set. And I think that could be interesting in Paladin if you want to like play some neutral cards, but eventually just turn on the countess by playing the jailer. And so... Since you don't have a deck anymore, doesn't matter how many neutrals started it in it, she'll just be active. That could be. Uh... So, no, that, that that that's really interesting, and actually that plays right into our theme tonight, which is uh, yes. deck building. I love it. Um, but what do we what 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 do you think? Um, so two questions on Paladin though. One, do you think that these cards are enough to get it there? There's three <laughs> questions. Do you think that so one? Do you think it's enough to get it there? Two, do you think Law and Order is going to keep Theo in the meta even if it gets nerfed? Because that pretty much tells you, hey, I just drew my best card. I'm going to take it. And one last one. I'm sorry. How does Garden Grace get affected by this effect? Because it doesn't add 10 mana card that reduces. Yeah, so I've been kind of moving away from including uh, Garden's Grace in, in my list. Um, it would definitely kind of slow things down a little bit, unless you're specifically wanting to hit Garden's Grace. Then, of course, it's fine sort of having that at 10 um it's still considered 10 while it's in in your deck so it, it would uh be the next draw but often you know you run stuff like knight of anointment which draws a holy spell so that could draw them first i've been leaning more towards keeping a, a minimum number of spells though so that you can pretty consistently hit your equality city tax clear so kind of the only spells i've been doing have been Equality, city tax, and righteous defense. And if we're just doing that, you don't really. There's battle vicar, but it's you know it's it's like a little challenging to 
reduce garden's grace. And certainly if I'm going to be using order in the court to sort of specifically hit stuff, then I think I want uh, to continue not running garden's grace in, in those instances. Fair. I like it. Um, I think um, um, to your point, Doc, I, I'm very excited to have Sylvanas back as well. But I do think that I think people are going to over uh, overvalue the yeah. stealing effect. I think we're going to see a lot of people that are going to hold it when they really should just tempo it out, kill something, and move on. So uh, I'm really interested to, to see how that goes. Um, I'm, I'm kind of excited for the Jailer. I think he's bait. I don't think he's going to be good in very many decks because you're going to run him out and you'll be like, I have everything is uh, invincible, but then someone's going to run that Whirlpool and you're just going to hit that concede button. But um, I, I, I do think the I, I hadn't thought about the um, Countess idea. Because you can bait, as long as you have what you want in your hands, you can bait out some of that removal, and then it's it's an end-of-game aura. So um, I know I've seen some people excited to use the Jailer with the uh, the Warlock Legendary that um, keeps making minions um, when your deck is Yeah, empty. it's uh, so. maybe not the, the fastest clock there, um, but it, it does prevent you from from just losing to something like a whirlpool yeah because you'll have a, a steady stream of immune minions and if you happen to have that along with the quest reward then um then then your your opponent is definitely if you clock, have right? the quest reward i don't um, know that you need any of these other things <laughs> <laughs> probably not but isn't it more fun to uh, to kind of i'll tell you what i'm going to use with the quest reward is uh, Habeas corpses. <laughs> so oh, it's a three mana resurrect a, a, a minion that died this game and uh, it gains rush and dies at the end of the turn. So I would use this to bring back uh, our, our old friend Stealer of Souls. And uh, basically, since they, they nerfed Stealer of Souls to six mana, obviously it's really challenging to like combo off with that in the way you used to. And certainly it'd still be slower. But pretty much against anything that doesn't have a transform effect, you can just run Stealer out on six as long as you haven't had too many minions die. And then resurrect it on the turn that you want to just like play your deck and play the reward and kill them. So, very nice. Now would um, now I guess that one. Never mind. I was thinking about that card that uh, makes your enemy's hand cost uh, health instead of mana. Would that uh, factor in there at all? Probably not, right? Um, uh, I don't think so. It's it's more like about making our stuff cost health instead of mana. Now, of course, it, it won't be too insane because we don't have dark okay, glare. Not... You can't refresh mana crystals the way that we did before, so it, it um it won't be quite as like OTK ish, but um there's just not a ton of great ways of of pushing through that quest right now that i feel like stealer of souls could could actually make its way back if if you want a way of completing that quest so uh edelweiss what is your history with hearthstone when did you get started so i got started after release so like not, I, I wasn't in part of the, the beta or anything, and I might have missed the first few months, but 
I had been a longtime magic player and uh, in college, my friends said, hey, you know, there's this cool game that uh, you can just play on your computer. Uh, there, there was no mobile at the time, so it was still just your computer. And uh, yeah, basically we were all card game addicts and, you know, couldn't always just play with a person in person at any given time. So Hearthstone was a way of just being able to play a card game whenever you want. It was the first in the digital space, really. And I got I got kind of hooked. It was still always my second game while I was in college. But once I graduated and, and moved away and, and no longer had my regular group of friends to play Magic with, um, it, it more and more just became my main game. Um, so... Yeah, I guess around 2016, I, I really started playing a whole lot more and uh, going to locals, uh, winning some of those locals, and to the point that in 2018, I qualified for HCT Rio and got, got flown out to compete down there. I did not do particularly well against... Uh, Hoy and and Hayes and and uh, oh god, Muzzy was there, Rage was there. It, it was like all of these big name players, and I was like, I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 what's what's your what are your magic colors? What are your uh, and what set did you come in? I came so, hmm. I mean, I probably came in super early like to the point that it was you know kitchen table magic i wouldn't really have known what was current because i was playing like invasion and onslaught cards i mean kamal fist of krosa kind of stuff so uh they were not like real decks for a while but when i started getting actually competitive with magic um i think i i dabbled a bit did a lot of drafts in alara block and like lorwyn and ravnica original ravnica um, and when I did, I think my first PTQ where I top aided was, uh, Rise of the Eldrazi. So like Zendikar block the first time around. And I generally played mono red because I was in high school and that's all I could afford to do. Are you are you currently playing anything besides Hearthstone? <laughs> no, not really. I'm guessing that's no, a I'm, question. No, I'm not. <laughs> okay. I, I go through waves, right? So when we're at kind of the end of a meta, and there's like that two weeks to sometimes a month where it's really easy to, you know, we're just waiting for the, the new expansion and feeling kind of meh about the game that's where i usually play something else um previous instances of this have been like sekiro divinity 2 um control horizon zero dawn um so there's a lot of games that i've i've like wanted to play and and since covid i've actually started to play games that aren't card games because 
because growing up, I played a lot of RPGs and I played Warcraft 3 and I played all this other stuff. And then there was just this period where I played card games and I didn't play anything besides card games. <laughs> but I always looked at people playing these other cool games and I'm like, oh, that would be cool. But I seem to only play card games. Um, part of that is is for the longest time not really being a console gamer um, and, and just having a gaming laptop. But uh, yeah, I finally have, have decided to just like m make time every once in a while to go through my Steam library. <laughs> yeah, I have games on my Steam library I've never played um, or even like I picked up, I remember you see them on sale. I picked up Brothers. Mm, I wanted to play. I've heard of that I one. Played that. Yep. I know I want to play like, I want to play Undertale and, and all these, but like I, I'm a WoW player and I'm a Hearthstone player. And between those two, I'm like, I have so much sunk costs into those that I'd like, I don't want to pick up another game. I do play a lot of Civ, but those, those are my three. Those are, and those all take up so much time that to think about playing anything else. I'm like, but I have raids on Tuesdays and Sundays and yeah, you know, I, I have, I have to play some Hearthstone and it's just hard to work anything else in, but doc, you've been um, playing life is strange. Oh, yes. Nice. And it's, it's my first time through and I love the game, but my God, it's breaking my heart so bad right now. Uh, I'm not going to go into any specific detail because it's one of those games where it lo it loses like the big effect once you know what's happening and like unfortunately like that means like the replay value drops very hard but you just have to make a lot of really hard choices that like they're very like morally questionable on like if it's a correct decision or not but then you like you see how like what this one person's going through and you can either fix that for them so that they don't have to deal with it anymore but then that will make other people feel bad because something happens to said person and it's just it's so good but the last time i played it i literally cried for like the 45 minute play session because it just it just messes with your heart so much because the the characters are so good and the storytelling is so amazing um but yeah i've just been playing a lot of life is strange and i can't wait to finish it but I don't want to have to put myself through the emotional turmoil that is life of strange. <laughs> life is strange. Um, Edelweiss, what's your uh, favorite deck of all time? So, uh, I think there there was a point where I my answer to this question was always fatigue mage, uh, which I don't know that that was actually a real thing, but it it was. I played. Uh, Death Lord, the three mana two eight Death Rattle, pull a minion from the opponent's deck. This was a different time in Hearthstone's history. Just by the way, <laughs> like doing that enough could actually just mean you won in fatigue. So I, I ran those. I ran the secret duplicate that when one of your minions dies, you add two copies of it to your hand, and I had Sludge Belchers. So. I would sometimes get extra copies of Death Lord, sometimes get extra copies of Sludge Belcher. I forget if I ran Cold Light Oracles, but I probably ran Cold Light Oracles. It was very much a just kill all your stuff kind of deck. Uh, I'm sure it had Polymorph and Flame Strike and Blizzard, and you know, which at the time were were good removal tools. And the whole point was just 
get them into fatigue before we did. And we had antique heal bot back then as well. So that was our source of healing as mage. And uh, yeah, they would they would die first because of the death lords. That would not function in modern Hearthstone. Certainly, you know, would would not get there in Wild. But did it did it play the card that cast the um, spell from their hands too? Uh, I think that was around the same time. It was the it was like a four five uh, cast a random spell. No, I, I don't hand. think I don't think we had that. Um, I think I did have Dirty Rat though. Um, possibly, yeah. So. It, very centered on on just removing all the opponent's things and and it was so satisfying when i won because i knew i had beaten every card in their deck um probably if i had to update it would be enraged warrior with bloodsworn mercenary because that that deck is just super fun like comboing off with Corcrons and I feel like there were like three different versions of something like that deck but but Risky Skipper, Armorsmith, Bloodsworn, Mercenary, Corcron Elite like that was that was peak Hearthstone at least in the last few years for me. Would Risky Skipper be enough for Warrior right now if, if that was still in the meta? It's I think it would still be really good. Yeah, because Risky Skipper with um, Anima Extractor is just, like, you, you you do that instead of Armor Smith. I mean, or maybe even with Armor Smith, right? We still have Armor Smith. It's, it's just such a good enabler for, for getting those activations. Um, I mean, you can do this in Wild right now, and, and it's... It, it plays ball with the other wild decks, which is is, is saying something. Um, obviously, we don't have Bloodsworn Mercenary, even if we had Skipper and Standard. But in, in wild, you do have Bloodsworn. And going like Skipper, Anima Instructor, Bloodsworn Mercenary, you just, your hand is massive. Yeah, mostly mostly lately when I've been in wild, I play Marky Mark decks. And um, those are their own things. So uh, Edelweiss, you've been uh, casting a lot more lately. Uh, who's been your favorite person to cast with? Oh, yeah. Well, the, uh, at first it was just TJ and I. Um, and I've, I've only done the two instances and there's no guarantee that I'll, I'll get any more, you know, fingers crossed. But um, that first time for, for GMs, it was just with TJ. Uh, and I think we have a pretty good dynamic. Um, next time was the the Masters Tour where I got to go through the full rotation. So I, I still haven't cast with Soddle uh, because I was filling in for him. Honestly, I feel like I have the best chemistry with TJ still. <laughs> I, I think we have a, a good a good rapport. Um, you know, we can, can kind of make it work with, with whoever, but... Um, I, I think TJ and I kind of kind of bounced off each other pretty well. Yeah, and with TJ, even if he dips out for about ten minutes, you're still pretty good. <laughs> that that was some. I, I, was your <laughs> yeah, first yeah. day, right? That was that was excellent, um, excellent. And then on uh, on on the second day, you did it when you were filling in for Saddle. Um, you got the finals. Yes, yes. Uh, I think it was right? Derek and I had the finals. Yeah, yeah. 
no that was that was pretty sweet that was that was intentional i think um you know tj made the schedule and he was like well we've all gotten to cast a finals before so he wanted to make sure that i i had that opportunity which was uh, very kind Plus you also plus you also had the air conditioning, so that probably helped um, factor in as well. Well, I had to have my air conditioning off actually, because otherwise it would, it would show up on the audio. Uh, yeah. But I I was not in quite the heat that the uh, UK was going through at that moment. So your your nation Hearthstone seems to uh, be deck building. What makes uh, building your own decks more appealing to you? So. You know, I have an artistic background, and, and in general, I like creative problem solving. Um, initially, when I went to college, I was a physics major uh, before switching to art education, which, uh, what a swap there. But uh, I think really the, the draw of something like physics is just learning those tools to, to apply to, to problem solving. Um, didn't work out because I, I I lacked kind of the discipline for for studying for an engineering core, which is just really brutal in terms of the the, the physics, the calculus, the chemistry. It was, it was just a, a lot, um, and I, I hadn't built up the good study habits over over high school um, to to deal with that. Whereas art classes, you can kind of if you're a procrastinator you can still just towards the end, just hammer through it and get the hours in and, and like comprehension isn't as important as just like the raw time that you put in. Um, and so uh, I feel like deck building just, it, it has that creativity to it where you can sort of express yourself and, and try ideas um, in the same way that I have tended to do with uh, with my art, and in particular, I, I focused on on jewelry and metals. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know about you, Doc, but um, I think that was a, a nice appetizer. But I'm I'm ready for the main course. Broccoli, broccoli, it's time to eat your broccoli. All right. So our, our topic this week, and having Edel on, was specifically talking about deck building, as, as we've alluded to. Um, so. You know, Previous weeks, we've talked about um, picking our decks, and then we talked about finding our decks last week on HS Replay, and now we get to talk about making them. So, um, uh, where, when you start, where, where does building a deck start with you? Where do you get your ideas? Do you plan around certain cards, or do you have a, a theme? So, where does, where does that begin with you? Yeah, so I, I think there are a few approaches you can take. One is sort of the the... The, the level one is just to, to look at a list that someone else has made and say, okay, I like this general idea, but I, um, I don't like these certain cards, you know, let's make some swaps, right? And I think that's what most people stick to, right? Is, is more just the refinement um, or, or maybe even not refinement, but just adding their own personal flair to uh, an otherwise sort of established deck list. And sometimes that's kind of all you can do, right? Like Control Shaman right now, it's it's like very nearly the perfect 40, right? There's maybe three flex or four flex cards. Um, and so a, a lot of times people are just making a few swaps here and there. For me, I tend to start with 
a card that I'm like, I want to play this. And kind of working backwards from that, I may end up using a lot of those powerful tools. I think you can't just not use certain cards because they're in the best decks. Um, if, if you want to win games, you have to use the best tools. So um, even if you're making an off-meta deck, you're, you're going to want to use some of the most powerful cards. Um, you know, in, in Shaman, that's like Wildpaw Caverns. It, most Paladins right now, because of such a board-based meta, you pretty much have to have Equality City Tax in there to be able to swing the board back in your favor. Um, and... Yeah, I, I, I usually, if I'm starting with a, a card, it's it's usually a legendary. It's usually something kind of flashy, right, to, to build a game plan. So for Paladin, I, which I've done all kinds of iterating, that has tended to be the Countess, right? So that means I'm building pure Paladin or almost pure Paladin. I've had Bran in there. Sometimes I, I have swapped back to not having Bran and just being able to play Countess on Curve. But um, So Countess has a built-in deck restriction of you you can only run Paladin cards. Uh, but that's not always the case. Sometimes it's just, uh, you know, Denathrius is a thing to build around, right? Denathrius says you need to have a very minion-dense deck. Uh, you can't just run that unless you have some way of generating minions. You know, the XL rogues, the only reason that they can use Synathrius is because Jackpot tends to give you things that summon minions. Um, and uh, even though they don't run that many minions, they usually generate a fair number of minions. Um, apart... And those deck restrictions... Oh, sorry, Pat. I can say those deck restrictions are going to go away for you with um, the upcoming, as we alluded to, the Order in the Court, because now you don't necessarily have to play Pure Paladin. You just have to um, get the cards you need and then get rid of your deck. So, um, yeah, so that's pretty but, but that presents other problems, right? You have to recognize, okay, I'm going to be fatiguing, so I want to you know, have ways of healing or like have... You know, make sure that I have Carriel Hero up so I'm taking fatigue at a slower rate. Uh, you know, Paladin actually has pretty good defenses against taking that fatigue damage. Uh, so I think if there is a Jailer deck, being able to always get it because of order in the court and, uh, and have all those defensive tools kind of positions it much better than uh, some other classes might be able to utilize. Um... I'm a little bummed that we don't get to do turn six, Kael'thas, zero mana minion, Jailer. Uh, that would have been interesting, but probably just as well. Uh, it's a little earlier than I think most decks are able to deal with a bunch of immune minions. Well, on the bright side, you may be able to find a way to, to shuffle in a few extra duels treasures in a, in a deck like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, potentially. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Jailer is another perfect example of a, a build-around kind of card, right? Um, it's It's got a powerful effect. The turn you play it, it you have a 10-mana immune, or, or sorry, 10-10 immune, which is a threat in and of itself. You know, 
three to four turn clock. And if you have anything in play, you just get to make all kinds of free trades because they're, they immediately become immune. But it presents this problem of, hey, your deck is gone now. So what does that mean? That means you want to have as close to a full hand as possible when you play it so you still have resources if they do deal with that initial wave. Um, and or you want to be able to shuffle things into your deck. Um, so that's def. And that presents an that presents an interesting problem for Paladin, who I would say one of their major flaws right now is a lack of card draw. Yeah, you know, it, it actually has a decent amount of card draw. It's just they tend to be cantrips. They're they're all one for ones. Um, you know, you've got Alliance Bannerman and Knight of Anointment and Flash of Light and uh, Vitality Surge. All of these things there just replace themselves. Uh, that was part of why I was running Bran, is because then you could do things like Bran, Knight of Anointment, or Bran, uh, Alliance Bannerman, and at, at least like increase the amount of cards you're getting out of that. I mean, if you go Bran, Bannerman, Knight of Anointment, well, then you, you get to turn that into drawing four cards instead of just two cards. Um, another way is to go like Myrmidon, Holy Maki Roll. Uh, and, and that's kind of a, a cute way of drawing a bunch of cards, but like sometimes you actually do need the healing or you want to use Holy Maki roll with Wild Pyromancer for clear or something. So there are sort of certain packages of cards and synergies that you can run in, in Paladin and it's kind of like figuring out which is the best one. Um, certainly if we're using the Jailer and still want to run Countess, uh, you can go 40 cards now <laughs> because you can just blow your deck up and, and then be able to play the Countess. Um, so that'll probably be something that I that I mess with. But uh, I would say the other way to approach deck building is to say there is a thing that I want to beat. And so rather than building around a particular card or strategy that you think is really cool, because it's not always a single card. Sometimes it is something like relics or abyssal curses or whatever, right? You know, more of a... Those usually are a little easier to put together because there's a bunch of cards uh, for it. But uh, yeah, sometimes there is something that is either really popular or really powerful or both. And so you're just like... I hate losing to this. Let me try and build something that beats this deck that I, I hate losing to. Um, and there you kind of have to look at one, are there any counters that already exist? And what do those decks do that counter this particular thing? Um, and, you know, how can I maybe create that but in something that is is less played um and and would you would you recommend to not try to get too ambitious with that like don't say how do i beat beast hunter relic dh and thief priest like do you do you kind of like because because you might try to think well if i can find something that beats all three then then i have the meta breaker right but you got to kind of limit your scope yeah usually there's just 
there's just not going to be something that does all that. Uh, if there is, someone already found it, and that's the best deck now, and everyone's going to be playing it. Um, it it's, it's pretty hard to find something out of nowhere that, that just beats a whole bunch of decks like that. Um, particularly if they have different strategies. Um, now, you can find something that slaughters a particular archetype. So you could say, well, this beats anything that goes slower, we just crush them, right? So uh, for a while, Ramp Druid was kind of that, right? It was just like, if you were going long game, they just had twice the mana crystals and would murder you. Um, on the flip side, certain aggro decks, you know, it, there, there are things you can do to just make sure you never lose to, you know, aggro druid or aggro DH or, or impor lock or those kinds of things. Um, you can, you can build a deck that just has a whole bunch of clears and never lets the opponent get on board and, you know, silences any obnoxious composting or, or, or imp buffs, whatever. Um, there's, there's ways to to build to like beat aggro, but typically you're not gonna be able to beat something that just beats archetypes that that are totally separate. Fair, yeah. It's it's always interesting, and and I always look at some of these decks where if I'm playing something, I'll be like, look at that. I, not necessarily building decks, but I'll say. I am seeing a lot of Imp Warlock, and I really don't like that I'm, I'm dying by turn four against them. So let's throw in the topple, even though that's not the recommended card, just because I get frustrated with it. But um, All right, so we've already talked a little bit about like what you do with if you already have your idea, you kind of inject it into something that exists, or um, you how, if, if, if you're not injecting into something else, how do you try to synergize your deck around your theme? Like, how do you try to find the pieces that make the deck you want outside of the small cards you have? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's not necessarily... It doesn't necessarily have to be a, a framework. Sometimes it's just like, well, okay, these things are good cards. Um, or, or certain packages of cards. So, um, you know, in shaman right now like you can probably run wild paw caverns in pretty much any shaman you make and it's gonna be pretty good um but uh to to take a, a step away from that if i'm making a totem shaman maybe that's an instance i don't run wild paw caverns but you know what i actually do like schooling there because uh we have anchored totem and Anchored Totem says, give your one mana minions plus two plus one when, when you summon them, right? Well, that is basic totems, but that is also piranhas. So sometimes you can get that synergy going of Anchored Totem plus the piranhas. And uh, you know what else? We you know There's not a ton of totemy things to do on turn one. We want more one drops. We can still run Iron Deep Trog. And if you ever get Iron Deep Trog with Anchored Totem in play, now they really can't play spells because all the Trogs are going to be 3-3s. Three 
So even though you're building a totem shaman deck, uh, I'm running double bloodlust, right? They don't actually have to be totems. Uh, you can just look for these other synergies that exist and and just sort of general good cards like schooling, like uh, Iron Deep Trog. All right, so now let's say you've got your theme, you got your idea, you got your deck put together. You're gonna go out there do some playtesting. How do you decide if a card or a group of cards seem to be working, or if you need to replace them with something else? How does that process? Well, work if you, you want to play a crap ton of games, you can look at the personal data uh, from your your HS replay. Um, I am usually not patient enough for that, so I just kind of. You know, I get a sense of like, okay, I died with this in my hand the last X number of games, or like I played this and it was really unspectacular, or like I can just tell that it's the weak link. Now that is something that I can kind of do from experience. There we go. What's been happening oh, recently? I'm I have to. Yep. You have cats. <laughs> Wasn't the cat this time. Uh, where did we leave off? Yeah. Uh, we were we were talking. You were talking about um, not like how you're not patient enough to look at your personal data when trying to see oh, if cards right. work or not. Yeah. So I kind of have the experience to to realize after a few games, okay, this has been kind of underperforming. I'm just dying it with it in my hand or. Um, you know, maybe it just I get it in play and it just doesn't really do anything. Sometimes, honestly, a card can be fine. I'm just like, mm, I don't really like it. Um, I think I'm this way with Sunfish and Paladin. Like, it's a plenty good card. I'm just, I don't love it. Um, I kind of lean towards more value-oriented things. But I think the sort of surefire way is just to get a good 10 or 20 games and then look at your sort of uh, personal data on it just replay. I, I think there's a way to kind of show uh, your stats for a particular deck and, and see sort of your personal mulligan win rate on things. It'll look weird because it's so much smaller sample size compared to uh, what you're usually looking at, but you can kind of get some sense. I don't know, Doc, 10 to 20 games, does that sound familiar? Like something um, I might have said in episode two? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So so we, talk, we touched on this a little bit, but when you're building, when, with specifically you, when you're building your decks, how often do you factor in the current state of the meta? Or do you just find your, like, I want this idea, I want to see how it works, and then I'm going to go with it. Or, or are you constantly trying to beat the meta when you're planning your decks? So I kind of go both ways it sort of depends right usually i will build to to beat particular stuff when it's just like a huge population disparity so if it's very clear that you know 20 percent of the meta is ramp druid well i'm more likely to build aggressive than uh to try and deal with that or Honestly, same thing for like uh, Relic DH. They don't, they don't have a ton of healing, so you want to be aggressive into them. 
but if things are much more even and it's like hard to say what you're going to face at any given time, there is where I tend to more focus on just like my own game plan and kind of refine that. Um, and, you know, maybe it has some polarized matchups here and there, but you just kind of focus on just doing what your deck wants to do rather than sort of reacting to uh, to other things. Right, so when, when do you scrap an idea? When do you say, no, this isn't going to work or, or it's not going to work right now? I mean, usually at like 0-5 or something like that. You know, uh, you can only lose so many games in a row where you're just like, eh, this is not happening. And and to some extent, you you want to m- look at more than just the the win or the loss. Like if I go 0-5, but I recognize, okay, three of these games I got high rolled, right? Another one I just drew like trash, like this is just variance. You know, you can you can take a step back and, and realize that and say I should I should give this a few more games. Um but uh I don't know, if you play a bunch of games and you're like, well my draw was crap every game, maybe something's wrong with the way the deck is built if you can't get a, a good draw in uh, you know in, in ten games. I will say sometimes I get I get a little um Frustrated, not frustrated. I sometimes I get a little determined, and I say I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna quit on this deck, but not until I at least get one win. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but so so speaking of that, um, you know, sometimes you might go zero and five or, or one and six or whatever it might be as you're learning the deck. How do you balance deck building? Because you because you play at a high level, you're usually up there in the legend ranks. And how do you balance testing new builds and new decks with climbing and and maintaining? where you want to be in the ladder. Is that important to you at all? How does how does that work for you? Yeah, so I've never been the kind of player to go for like rank one legend or top, you know, 100 finish or anything like that just because I recognize I'll go crazy. Um, and I, I do have pride though and I sort of know that I, I can exist within a certain range. So I generally feel okay if I'm like between one and 2K legend. Um, usually if I get into the 2Ks, I'm like, all right, I can, I can focus on, on winning a little more to try and like get, get back down there. But, um, I think what can be sort of frustrating for some people to hear because everyone wants to play cool decks, right? We we all want to try fun, fun, wacky stuff and, and do something different. Um, but when it comes to building your own you do need a certain level of just like fundamentals baked in to really evaluate whether what you're working on is a good idea or not. Um, There may be some decks that uh, someone has come up with and decided was bad, but was perfectly good just because they couldn't pilot it well enough. Um, And... So your your data is always going to be affected by how well you you play the deck in addition to how good the deck is or not. Um, so I, I think fundamental Hearthstone skills always come first. Like a a, a meta breaker just isn't isn't going to just do the work for you. Um, that being said, I think they have gotten much much better at matchmaking. So you should be able to. You know, as long as you are are at where you should be in terms of your um, 
your matchmaking, uh, you should be facing people where where you can figure out, okay, is this a, you know, is this is this a good enough deck? That's why I like um, getting my decks onto um, Funky Fridays with Funky Monkey because then I can get someone yeah. that knows how to play Hearthstone to pilot the deck, pilot the deck that I created, and we can see yeah, if it's actually yeah. any good or not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so what would you say there are some traps that people might fall into when they start building their own decks? Um, I, I think one I kind of mentioned earlier, and that's just saying like, oh, well, I don't want to use those cards because those are in every deck of this class. And it's like, yeah, that's because it's like the best card in the class. I mean, <laughs> if you're playing Demon Hunter, you should run Demon Render Kurtris. It's... It's a really good card. It ends <laughs> games. Um, so so yeah, don't don't shy away from things just because they are good, right? Play play the good cards. Um, I would say a, a, another trap is is just like holding on to certain synergies or things that are, are, are maybe just like a little a little too cute. Um I, I think people get really attached to certain card combos uh, that that they like and sometimes it's just not powerful enough. Um and it it, it ends up just being something that needs to get cut for for some of those better cards. For example, uh, I, Lightbringer, uh, Sidi, is it Sidisi there? Lightbringer, Sidisi, and Hold the Bridge. That's kind of a uh, a combo that I've held on to probably a little too long because it's really cute when it works, but it doesn't happen all that often. <laughs> yeah. Um, so do you have any last thoughts on deck building or tips for people that are trying that that want to start breaking into deck building on their own? I know we've touched on a few, but are there any last kind of? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I would say decide what approach you want to take. Um, and, and that's going to be a little meta dependent, right? Is it, is it, there's this cool card that I feel like no one's using that I want to try and build around, or, uh, there's this thing that I absolutely don't want to lose to and build around that. Um, sometimes you can do both, but a lot of times you have to be pretty targeted in a, a strategy where you want to to polarize against something, so that doesn't necessarily mean getting to play the the fun card. Okay, fair. Um, and we touched on we did touch on this a little earlier, and I know we talked about order in the court. But are there any other cards that we've seen so far in the mini set that you just cannot wait to get your hands on? Oh well, uh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of less exciting, but there's that three mana. 3-4 that lets you infuse things in your deck. And I know my co-hosts co aren't as high on it, but I just think that for for some classes that might be able to stand out a lot more than, than people expect. Uh, when you can turn your infused cards into good top decks and not just things that you have to like keep in the opener for them to, to be able to be played on curve. I think there's a, a lot of potential in there that might surprise people. Or I'll be totally wrong. We'll see. I was thinking at least in Wild, you'd play that card plus repeat performers, and then you could have a nice Denathrius top deck. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or expendable performers. Expendable that... for yes, that's the one. The, yeah, the yeah. one that it draws minions. They die. If they all die, you get them all again with rush. Probably a little slow for a while, but yeah, that that is a fun. <laughs> it was just my first fun thought synergy. with that card because yeah, yeah, it... yeah. All right, I don't know about you, Doc. I'm getting kind of full, but I think there's some room for dessert. The time has come for this cookie. So, uh, Edelweiss, uh, where can people find you? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Swagoy Edelweiss. Uh, you can also catch me on Twitch much less these days. I still need to kind of figure out my new normal in terms of streaming now that I am working like 7.30 to 4.30 every day. Um, but uh, twitch.tv slash... Edelweiss, I think it's TCG on there. Um, and, uh, of course, in the Edelweiss deck lab of the Clank and Seed Discord, I, I don't check other places as regularly, but that one I, I usually keep my eye on. So uh, if you if you have a deck that you want to to try out or you want some, some input on, just uh, throw it in, in the channel over there in Clank and Seed Discord, and I'll I'll have a look. I know I sent you a couple with around the 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 dude uh, dude my dude holy paladin and um uh swipe tweak, tweak with it to some rush. Did any of those have any merit at all or? Yeah, well, I think this you know thing that lets you infuse stuff in your deck could really help out a uh, a like more minion based infuse, um you know Denathrius paladin. Like if you think of being able to top deck the the four drop where you infuse and you get the the silver hands with divine shield, that could be be pretty nice. So I I think there's something there. It's just we haven't quite had enough cards for it. Maybe with the new new stuff, we'll be able to to make something happen. You know, is there anything coming up that you'd like to plug while you're here, or just your normal coin conceit? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm gonna be streaming the day of the mini set for sure. So. Uh, yeah, see you on Tuesday, I guess. How about yourself, Doc? Um, where can we find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Doc McButt. And what about you, Tito? Uh, you can find me at Twitter, Twitch at Tito Santana HS. Um, anybody like to thank today, uh, Doc? Uh, yeah, so I'd like to thank, uh, Stephen Moldenhauer or Scoob Supreme on, uh, Twitter. Uh, he... He wrote the music for our podcast, which will hopefully be out on this one and possibly episode three as well. What about you, Tito? Um, I'd like to thank uh, Stephen, Jessica, Giorgio, who I'm actually starting up a new secret project with. I'm very excited about that. Um, and I also wanted to thank Scoob because uh, I'm pretty excited about the uh, intro that he's written for us. Uh, the, the guitar especially is, is, is really pretty sweet. Um, any um, uh, thanks or anything you'd like to shout? Anybody you'd like to shout out um, here at the end, Edelweiss? Ah, uh, yeah. Well, of course, the, the both you for having me on uh, tonight and uh, you know, willing to work out schedule stuff with me. And uh, yeah, honestly, not not a Hearthstone thing, but just my <laughs> my housemates for taking care of me. I've been a little sick recently, <laughs> and uh, they've been oh, no. they've been really great. Oh no! Oh, we were we we um. 
I told Doc that I had asked you to hop on the show, and you immediately came back and said, yeah, when? And I said, how was Saturday? I'm like, hey, Doc, we just recorded on Wednesday, but we recorded on Saturday. You good with that? He's like, yep. <laughs> so we, we, oh, we, we are so glad that you are willing to um, hop on a, a yet unproven show and um, provide your expert commentary. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Good luck with the episode. All right. Thank you so much, Doc. I think with that, I think we're toast. Slide two brothers, meet one another when they slide up to the mic. Sit, come, listen, maybe change your position. What they say could be right. Got a lesson, a small confession, opinions out of sight. It's bread and butter with one another. Let's start up that recording light. <laughs>